1 Timothy chapter number 1. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. Look together here for just a few moments and excited for this scripture to study together. Really more of a, just a little study together. Don't have a lot, but just enough to, to look at. First time I was ever asked to get up and speak before a church, this is the scripture that I read. And I want to preach to you this morning the meaning of mentors. The meaning of mentors. And I stood up that day in 2015, 14, I think it was 2014 sometime, and I read this scripture, and I was speaking on the meaning of Paul's mentorship to Timothy and the importance of how he mentored Timothy and the importance of Paul to Timothy and the importance of Timothy as a someone being mentored. And I never imagined over the next five, six, however many years how much I would see in regards to mentors. Good ones, bad ones, some that ain't worth shooting, some that I wish I could go back and have more time with. The importance of mentors. We're going to read in verse number one. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my, my own son in the faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought, besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I write, went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give, give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved and turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor, nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for an unrighteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if, any, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ 
might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now, here is Tim, here is Paul teaching and, and mentoring Timothy. And he is being someone to Timothy that honestly was humble, was holy, was happy, was filled with God's spirit to teach him about what it was to be a man, what it was to be a pastor, what it was to be a minister of Christ, to be a preacher. And I think there are certainly some things, and I'm going to say this here in just a few moments. We'll cover the, the, the meaning of mentors in just a second, but I want to challenge us all this morning to consider in our lives, our role as mentors. Now, there are situations where there are formal mentors where there's truly someone that you realize you're assigned to that's a mentor to you. Someone that's there to teach you, someone that's there to show you how to do things. I mean, you get a new job, you're going to get assigned to somebody to teach you how to do that job. You go and, and volunteer somewhere, you're probably going to have someone there that's going to be there to mentor you, to teach you how to do what you're doing. Whatever it is in your life, you'll, you'll be assigned to people to do things. But I want us to also consider the fact that we are assigned people by God uh, of, a, of a spiritual nature in the sense that there might not be down on paper. There might not somebody, somebody come up and say, you're a mentor to somebody or this, this is your person you're going to mentor. But there's of a spiritual nature a mentorship that we are given with people. There's a relationship we begin with people and we realize that maybe we're, we're stronger spiritually. Maybe we uh, have a little bit more spiritual maturity. Maybe we uh, understand the scriptures a little bit more and we're assigned to be a mentor to someone. But even still, maybe we are uh, in, assigned to be mentored by people. Maybe it's a sign of a spiritual nature that we are to be mentored by someone. Say, well, I've been doing this for 40 years. Well, we're learn we can still learn every day. My great-grandfather always said, if you'll listen, every single day, if you'll listen, you'll learn something new. There's always something to learn. There's always something new to, to see in life. Because about the time you think you got it figured out, that's the time you realize that there's something you don't know. There's something else you got to learn or something changes. That seems to be the only constant in the world is change. Nothing ever really stays the same. It always changes. The meaning of mentors. Now, I think Paul sets an example to Timothy, and it sets an example for us. And the reason I believe we're here and able to read the very letter that he wrote, Timothy, was because we could see the type of mentor that he was. And I believe this is meant to challenge us to be the type of mentor that Paul was. Because you know what? The only way, God's, God's plan, the body of Christ is a, a, a body that reproduces spiritually. It grows spiritually. We see more people saved. We see more people come back to Christ. We see people uh, grow in grace and knowledge of God's word. They grow spiritually, whatever it may be. It is a reproductive family that grows um, in, in, in God's children. And it's important when that happens that we not just let, leave people uh, to the wayside. And this kind of adds and attaches to our discipleship study we've been doing. Our mentorship of people is vitally important because... We shouldn't just see people and maybe they need a little spiritual help and just say, well, they'll get it somewhere. We shouldn't just rely on the world to pick, pick them up and, and try to show them which way to go. If we rely on that, they're going to get shown to go the wrong way. But if we get by people spiritually and we try to mentor them spiritually, then 
what happens in turn is that we can see them grow spiritually. And so look at, look at this scripture with me for just a moment. Let's look at Paul as a mentor. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from our God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. The first thing I think we can see from Paul as a mentor is he gives happy help. He gives happy help. When he says unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. When he approaches, when he, when he first, his, his address or his greeting to Timothy is a happy greeting. He mentions, he says unto Timothy, mine own son in the faith. He mentions the relationship that they have. That's a happy relationship, that someone would spiritually take you in, uh, the fact that they'd call you a son in the faith. Not in an arrogant way. Some people will do that kind of thing in an arrogant nature. But Paul was doing that in a happy nature, in the fact that, hey, I, I'm, I love you. I care for you. There's nothing like that love the parent, a parent has for their child. And so he, he loves Timothy in that way, in a spiritual nature. And he's happy in that. And he says, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. When was the last time you run up to somebody and you said, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. When was the last time you did that? People might think you was crazy. I'm going to try it one day. <laughs> somebody walk in the bank. Grace, mercy, and peace from Jesus Christ our Lord. When's the last time? That's happy. That is a, that's happy help as a mentor to someone. That's that's, that's realizing and recognizing and saying, look at the God we serve. Grace to you from the God we serve. Mercy to you from the God we serve. And we're thankful for the God we serve and his son Jesus that died on the cross for us. We ought to be a little bit more, our, our greetings ought to be a little bit more spiritual. We see people, what's up? I'm bad to do that. People, especially people I'm close to. I, some people, my brother, my brother and I, we won't even talk to each other. We'll just... We got in the truck the other day. We didn't even say anything. We just went down the road. I mean, that's just how we are. You know, I'm still happy to be around him, but, you know, at the end of the day, maybe he needs me to be there for me. Maybe I need him to mentor me in something. We ought to be happy about it. We ought to bring it back to God that provided this opportunity for us to begin with. We come to church and we say, well, thankful to be in the Lord's house, thankful for what God's done, thankful for his son Jesus, thankful for all these things. Do we do that in our relationships? Are we mentors in that way? You know what? That's happy help right there because that person reminds me of who we serve. We ought to be a little bit more happy in our mentorship. I think about the, uh, the dear mentors in my life. Now, there's some people, like I said, I just... They were mentors for a period, but the things they did, I realized that I didn't need to, need to be around that person. And I think about the different mentors I've had, though. Think about my grandfather. He's a, he's a mentor in a sense to me, and he'll tell you he has to be Papaw first, um, and he's Papaw first, but my Papaw Jake is, is a great mentor to me. But at the end of the day, there's certain areas, because he's my grandfather, that there's a line that has to be drawn. Before Shelly and I got married, we... 
were kind of in a bad way with the church with the church that we were in. We left that church and went and visited another church locally and went there for uh, nearly a year. And the pastor of that church was a mentor to me that got me through some of the most difficult situations in my life. He was the type of person that he was happy help to me. He was glad to be there for me. He was happy to be a mentor to me. He was happy to help me get through those difficult times. But I'll tell you what, he was brutally honest with me about some things. And I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I praise God for those people you get a, get around that are happy help. They're happy help. We were on vacation this week, and I was trying to be happy. We go camping. We had the dog outside. We had him had him on his chain outside. We had Riley inside. I was cooking. Shelby, I was cooking something. Shelby was cooking something. The dog was running around. His food's flying everywhere, and he's bark, barking at a little three-pound chihuahua walking by on a leash. And I thought. I got to get the dog. My meat's about to burn. Shelby's cooking. The baby's crying. Everything's going on. I, it was hard for me to find happiness. <laughs> Where? Where's the happiness? Every time I'd sit down, I was trying to read this magazine. Now, every time I'd sit down, I'd open it up and something would go down. The dog would run. The baby would cry. Something would light on fire. Somebody needed something. Somebody, I, I, it was hard to be happy. But at the end of the day, to consider and, and to think about Starting and, and, and even greeting your day with, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If I'm going to be a mentor to someone, I want to be happy help to them. Austin, we talked about camping. Remember, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know what I'm talking about. It was hard for me to find the happiness. But you know what? There was a few days this more, this week I got up and I thought, thank you, Lord, for another day. Those days were better, by the way. I was happier those days. But when I need to be a mentor to someone, when I need to lead them, I need to be someone that is a, a role model to them, I need to be somebody they can look up to, I need to be somebody that's worth following, I want to be happy. And I want to be happy in the Lord and point them to him first. I want to be happy help. Paul, he took his mentorship very seriously, and he was happy to serve Timothy. That's the thing about mentorship, is when you're a mentor to someone, you're not somebody's boss. You're not a, a manager to someone. You're there to serve them. That mentor role, that ought to be the humility role. Because when you're, when you're being mentored by somebody, that's usually the times in your life that you need to be humbled yourself. If you've got two people, if you've got a mentor and somebody learning from a mentor that neither one of them is humble, you're not going to get anywhere. They need to be happy. They need to be humble. They need to be happy to serve. Paul was happy to serve Timothy. It goes on and it says, verse 3, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went unto Macedonia, and thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and a faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, 
for unholy, for unholy and for profane, for murderers of, of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which is which was committed to my trust. The type of help that Paul is giving Timothy as a mentor was not only health, uh, happy help, but it was healthy help. He's pointing to these things and he's saying, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do. In redneck terms, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time running in circles. Don't waste your time chasing things of this world. How many people, it's scary to see. We were talking about this last night with Shelby's uncle. How we see in these certain, and specifically inner city cultures, drug cultures, gang cultures. What often happens is young men get pulled into that culture by older men that hadn't grown up. That watched older men than them that hadn't grown up. That watched older men than them that failed at something, that didn't do something right or, or whatever, whatever it was in their life. But it creates this culture that over the years, the mentors that they look at are not people that tell them, hey, don't waste your time running in circles, chasing your tail after the world. That's exactly what they do. They, they, that type of mentorship is, hey, this is what's important in life money or power or this or that or the other or whatever your standing is socially that's what's important in life that's not what Paul is telling Timothy he's saying don't waste your time on the things of this world these things which and he says here which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of, and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned He's telling Timothy, spend your time on things of God. That's healthy help. Sure. <laughs> From which some, have, having swerved, turn, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, sure. knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. And he goes on and names all the, the different sinful things that... The law is there to, to help guide and lead to, but this is healthy help to Timothy. We're not just going to cast aside the tradition of the years gone by. We're not just going to throw away what, what has been in our family genealogies for many years, but we're not going to get caught up in it either. To be able to go forward and to move forward, it says in verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. He's saying, Timothy, we are being called to be servants of Jesus Christ. The law, there's some people, and, and here's, here's the thing. Paul was the most knowledgeable, I, I mean, no, no doubt, the most knowledgeable human being on this earth aside from the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe. The most knowledgeable Jew that ever lived, I'll guarantee you that. But he saw that there are a lot of people that get caught up in the tradition piece. They get caught up in the law. And he's not, he's not saying let's throw it away. But he's saying we can follow it. 
We can use it. It's out there for, for those that are, that are ungodly. It's out there for, to keep us in line. It's out there to be a schoolmaster, as he would say in other scriptures. But what we're here for at the end of the day is the glorious gospel. We're here to serve Jesus. That's healthy help. As a mentor, if you're mentoring someone spiritually, you ought to be someone that is a mentor in a healthy manner that points that people to Christ. That's healthy help to people. You know what? When you're a mentor to someone, you're not just getting a buddy. You can be friends with someone you're mentoring. You're, you can be friends with someone you're teaching, but you got, if God has got that in you, in your life spiritually, to lead someone or guide someone or help them through a difficult time or whatever it is to be a mentor to someone, that's a lot of weight placed upon your shoulders. That is God giving you the responsibility to help lead and guide someone. The role of a pastor is mentorship, essentially. The role of a preacher is mentorship. The role of every single Christian is mentorship, whether or not you realize it. It might not be six years' worth of mentorship. It might not be three days' worth of mentorship. It might be three hours of mentorship. But that's the role we all carry. That's the role we all have. And we need to ensure that we're being healthy help to people like Paul was. If the only thing you ate was just junk food, I know I look like I do, but the only thing you ate is junk food. What would you think would happen to your body? We have to ensure that we're pointing people back to Christ, especially those that we are leading and guiding. I was reading a story about people that um, don't, they, 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 well, I'm not even going to get into that. I'm sorry. Not even going to go there. Health, healthy help points people to Christ. A healthy mentor points people to Christ. It goes on in verse 12 and it says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I like that spirit of Paul as a preacher. I like that spirit of, I, I'm thankful that God just chose me to, to serve him. We see all that goes on now, and I'm telling you, it's like, I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was talking about how he grew up, and he looked at his preacher, and his preacher drove this certain preacher car, wore the certain preacher suit, had the certain preacher hanky. He said he, he wanted to be his preacher so bad, that he, and, it, and his, he wanted to even look like his preacher. That's how much he idolized his preacher. I, I just, the spirit that we need to convey as Christians. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I don't want anyone to see me. I know nobody wants to look like me. So that's, I don't have to worry about that. But I want people to look at me and not see something that I do, something that I drive, something that I wear. And think, I want to be like that. That's shallow. There's nothing spiritual about that. As mentors, we need to be humble help. We need to be humble help. 
when, he, when, when Paul says that, he stops and he's talking. I mean, he is giving Timothy some spiritual gold nuggets right here. But he stops and he says, I thank the Lord that he chose me to serve him. I, I thank the Lord that he found me faithful to serve him. That humility is vital. Because you know what? Timothy doesn't see Paul and his Buick four-door car that he drives to church every Sunday. He doesn't see Paul in that suit that he wears every Sunday and think, man, i got to get me an $8,000 suit just like Paul. He doesn't see Paul in the way that he combs his hair and wants to be just like that. I believe Timothy sees Jesus through Paul because of his humility. If you want to spiritually mentor someone, humility is vitally important. And he goes on and he says in verse 13, talking about himself, he says, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. I think one issue with mentors today is they're not transparent, especially older people that mentor younger people. A lot of times you'll see them, they don't want younger people knowing that they ever did anything like what they're doing now. Remember doing things and ma making mistakes and messing up. And one thing my mom and dad would always say is, I did that too. I've done that too. I've thought that too. That's just the reality of life. There was a day everybody was 20. There was a day everybody was 15. There was a day everybody was 10. And everybody's done it too. Transparency, I believe, goes along with humility. Paul, being one of the greatest men in the Bible, could have just absolutely made Timothy think he was the stuff. He could have covered up all of what he used to be. But I don't believe it would have been recorded in this book had he done that. The humility, that humble help is vitally important. Going back to that mentor I was talking about, I, Shelby and I were close to getting married. We were in this church, that we were, the church we were in, and things were difficult. It was just a tough relationship. It was tough all around. My family could tell you about the whole thing, but we won't go into it. But it was just absolutely one of the most difficult, the most difficult time in my life that I've ever went through spiritually. And then I got with this preacher, and I thought, I, I, I ignorantly thought, well, I, I can just tell him my problems, and he's going to just listen and let me go home. And he, I, I've not done anything wrong. I've not done anybody wrong. But I had bitterness in my heart. I had some, some stuff in my heart I needed to let go of. And we went and had lunch one day. And he looked at me and everything had went good in all of our conversations. And I'm like, I just get to pour it out. It's like, a, it's like going to talking to a therapist. You don't have to pay for it. You just go and talk to this person. And I can just tell him how I'm feeling. And he'll make me feel good and we'll go home. And he looked at me and he said, I love you in the Lord, but I'm going to tell you something. You need to get the bitterness out of your heart. You need to straighten up the way that you're, you're going because you're going to end up saying something you don't mean, and you need to go make things right with this person. And I thought, this is not what I bargained on. This was not what I was counting on. But you know what? He did it in a humble way. He did it in a holy way. He did it in a happy way. And it was healthy for me. It was the type of honesty that I needed to be able to look at myself and say, all right, I could get things right from now on out. And you know what I did? And God knows from the moment that I did it 
I've not harbored bitterness in my heart about that person since then. But it took humility. It took happy help. It took holy help. It took honest help to get me there. And I believe that that's the thing with Paul. As Paul was, he was being transparent with Timothy about, look, at this is what I used to be. And he says in verse 14, he says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. He points back to what God had done for him in a humble way. Not look at what God's made me. Look at what God's turned me into, but look at what God brought me from. That's the kind of humble help that can truly help people. Verse 15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here he is again. Of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, this, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should, should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Paul, he not only gave happy help and healthy help and humble help, but he gave some holy help. Because at the end, and, and we're not even finished this chapter, but you find he just keeps pointing it back to Christ. As a mentor, you ought to be happy to be mentoring someone. You might not even realize you're doing it. I mean, I think about raising a child and how even just the attitude I have about things. Show me I've already said, we're going to we're gonna have to do differently about this. We're going to have to look at this differently. We're going to have to act differently or respond differently to these things. Because he's going to be watching. He's going to be listening. He's going to act just like me. Every time I go to wear him out, I'm probably going to have to remember that. He's acting just like me. But at the end of the day, I'm, in a sense, mentoring him. I'm training him. You may not even realize it. You may not even realize. You, you, you don't oftentimes realize the people that look up to you, people that listen to you, the people that, that hear what you say and they they value you. I've put my faith into some... It's, don't, don't put your faith into any, any human being. Because they'll let you down. But I do believe that God wants us to be able to trust people. To be able to have that close relationship. At the end of the day, we can't bank on anybody, anything. But we can bank on Christ. And if they live like that, that's somebody worth following. I've had mentors that have let me down. And you know what? I've, I got a spirit for a while. I've had preachers that were mentors to me that absolutely let me down. And I got a spirit that, you know what? I'm just going to do my own thing. I don't need no other preacher. I don't need nobody else. I don't need no nobody that wants to mentor me. I don't want it because God will get me through. And I realized that that wasn't the right spirit to have. Because not every preacher's bad. Not every Christian's bad. Not every deacon's bad. Not every church member is, is, is like that person. There's just a few people that they need mentored themselves. They need honesty. They need humility in their leadership. They need people to ha be happy to deal with them and work with them. What you find people like that, oftentimes they were let down by their mentors. You come to find out a lot of those situations, that was exactly the truth. Or they wouldn't ever be mentored. That's another dangerous thing. People that will never be mentored, that scares me to death. 
This holy help, it's pointing people back to Jesus. When we think about all these different things, and, and I think about what, what that means and the weight that that carries, I this week have tried to look a little bit closer at people in my life that maybe they value the relationship that they have with me. I want you to think about the people in your life. They value the relationship that they have with you. They consider you to be a mentor to them. This, there was this guy one time when I worked at Ingalls. Got on my last nerve. He'd follow me around the parking lot. I'd go get buggies. Didn't even work there. He'd come park in the parking lot and follow me around the parking lot and want to talk to me. And it aggravated me to death. Sweetest little guy. And it broke my heart one day because I was raised, you don't, you just, I, if I had to stand there till 12 o'clock at night talking to him, you just do it because that's the right thing to do. And I saw somebody be so nasty to this guy. He, he kind of attached himself to a few different of the, the bag boys at Ingalls. And there was somebody that treated him so bad. I mean, just yelling at him, screaming at him for following him around the parking lot. And I thought, you know what? Even when we don't realize it, people just want that relationship. People look up to us. People value what we say. People value what we think. And if I had to stand there till 12 o'clock at night and talk to somebody, it would be worth doing it because I want to be considered someone that's worth, worth being around. Somebody that could lead if I needed to. Somebody that is happy. Somebody that is humble. Somebody that, it is, that is holy. Somebody that's heartfelt towards people. I saw that that night. And you know what? That guy didn't ever come back. And I thought, there I am. I'm missing out on an opportunity to be there for somebody because of somebody else. I don't ever want to be like that. Wasn't too long after where I work now, I started seeing him. And I have a lot less time to talk as, I, as than I've ever had, but it's worth spending the time. I'm not bragging on myself, I'm just saying. In your life, there's people that would follow you around, getting buggies in, bagging groceries, because they value you. People that look up to you that you don't even realize. I pray we can take some lessons from this scripture and be more like the way Paul was to Timothy. Maybe you need to be a Timothy. Goes back, well, I, I don't need nobody's mentorship. If you have that kind of spirit, you probably do. I need that in my life. You know what? It's getting harder and harder to find godly mentors. And I think about the days gone by that I've missed opportunities to be mentored by people. They were there reaching out to me. And these days, everybody's so busy, they don't have time. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. I literally had people that I think about, uh, we'd go camping with my nan and papa. We'd want to get out and ride on our bicycles, and we'd ride those bicycles all day long. But there'd be a time they'd just come sit down here with us. Come talk to us. You know, I'm glad I didn't let many of those opportunities go. Because you realize one day, man, years have gone by. The time we have is so valuable. We need to spend it investing in people. We can spend it chasing around, trying to get things, trying to do things, trying to get things done. I do it. But time with people, some of the most valuable time, 
Miss Lucille said before, before service, God intended on, on us to be around people. He wants us to be around people. Culture is going the other direction. There's people that love. They absolutely.